The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Romance is in the air today for our special Valentine's Day edition of Soap Central Love. Hey there, soap fans. I'm Dan Kroll, your host and head Cupid this week. Now, this is the first time that we've done a theme week here on Soap Central Live, but, you know, we have had couples appear on the show in the past. Uh, let's see, there was uh, All My Children's Chriselle Stouse and Ricky Paul Golden. That was back when Chriselle accused Ricky of sounding like a creepy, drunken Englishman. So maybe that's not a good example. But uh, there was Terrell Tilford and Victoria Platt. They came on, and yeah, actually, now that I think about it, they argued over Brussels sprouts and threatened to divorce each other. So... The only thing I can say is that nothing says love in Valentine's Day quite like an on-air squabble. Now, before we get on with today's show, on a serious note, though, February is American Heart Month. And heart disease is still the number one killer in America. In fact, 2,200 Americans die of cardiovascular disease each day. That's one death every 39 seconds. Now, because this is our Valentine's Day show and because we want to make sure that all of our listeners are around for their loved ones for many years to come, Today, SoapCentral.com will donate $100 in each of our guests' names to the American Heart Association. For more information about the American Heart Association and to get some tips on heart health, visit heart.org. Now, my first guest characters made a promise to remain just friends. But I think that anyone who's ever watched an episode of a soap opera knows that very rarely does anyone ever stay just friends. Now, friend of the show, Kristen Alderson is back for her third visit, and she's joined by her One Life to Live co-star, Nick Roebuck, who's making his first appearance on the show today. So, Kristen and Nick, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi! Thank you. Thanks for uh, dropping by and for helping us kick off our little Valentine's Day special here. It's so great. Thank you for having us, and it's for such a nice cause, too. Yes, it's very exciting. Thank you very much. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Now, Kristen, you've been here on the show before, so I'm going to let you relax for a minute or two. I have to put Nick through our first date inquisition. So, <laughs> Nick, I know that you graduated from college with a theater degree, but I'm curious, when did you first know that you actually wanted to be an actor? Um, you know, I always acted when I was younger. I did uh, plays at school and community theater and things like that, and I, I always loved it, but it wasn't until I was... Um, Titanic in the movie theaters that I knew I definitely wanted to be on TV and film. So from that point forward, I strived to obtain my goals, and I uh, you know, got the grades to go to USC to get my degree in acting and, and pursue my career. Did you ever think that you were going to land on a soap opera? You know, um, that was my, my first goal as an actor. I always wanted to start out on a soap. I always saw myself starting on a soap, and ironically, I always uh, envisioned it to be days of our lives, however, it's one life to live, so <laughs> it's all in the family, and I'm, and I'm so excited and so thrilled to be a part of it. Well, we won't hold it against you that you thought you would end up on another soap now. <laughs> Kristen, I haven't forgotten about you. The last time that you were here was Halloween. Star had just been kidnapped again for like the millionth time. And you know what? It, it doesn't seem like Star has the best of luck with holidays now that I'm thinking about it, because Cole, the father of her child, is in jail for murder. She's just broken things off with them. And James, the guy that maybe she's interested in moving on with, well, she thinks he's sleeping with some chick named Michelle. So, so much for Happy Valentine's Day, huh? Yeah, you know, her Valentine's Day isn't looking so great so far. Um, <laughs> poor Star. Yeah, you're right. Holidays just aren't her thing, and Valentine's Day is no exception that but um i think that there are good things to come soon so she won't be too sad about the holidays for long 
That's a oh, little, mm-hmm. like, sneak peek, hint, hint. <laughs> We're going to get to a little bit of a sneak peek. Uh, I've been doing some, some research, and I have some hard-hitting questions later, but I want to go back to Nick quickly, since we did just talk about maybe what's coming up here. There are fans who, of course, are rooting for James and Star to get together, but I'm curious from a, a personal standpoint as an actor, was there any intimidation knowing that you could potentially be going into something where there may be comparisons to another popular pairing? Of course, everybody seemed to enjoy... Star and Cole, and I'm just wondering for you, was it hard to maybe go into it knowing how well received that pairing was? Yeah, you know, it really was. Because at first I was even nervous to come on the show because soaps, you know, everybody works together every day and they're such a close-knit family, and I was even nervous to become a part of that. But to take over such an iconic couple on, you know, such a, um, and it was so widely received, people love them so much, that I was really nervous that people might hate my character no matter what I did with it or no matter what the show wrote for the character. But, um, but you know, I think fans are really pretty receptive to, to James, and he, they see that he's got a softer side and that he could be better for Star in the long run. So um, I'm, I'm really excited about how fans are, are taking it. Well, I have to say, though, there is something to be said for fans hating characters. I've been doing soap since the dawn of time here. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's fun to hate a character, and I'd imagine it might be fun to be hated, too, by the fans. Yeah, yeah, no, it it definitely is, because, um, you know, people still root for Cole to come back to the show and for Star and Cole to to work things out, and it's it's about 50-50, the love-hate for for James and the love-hate for Cole. So I think it's, it's perfectly on the fence, and that's exactly where I like to be. It's not a bad thing, but having been in that relationship, Kristen, uh, Star and Cole's relationship was sort of, I guess, the first time for you as an actress that you were involved in a popular pairing like that. I'm wondering, was it difficult for you to let go of that on-screen relationship? Well, yeah, it was almost just as difficult for me as it was for Star. You know, like, I, um, Star was with Cole for so long. He was her first love. It was my first love on the show, and... Um, and I was, you know, with Brandon, working with him practically every single day for four years. So with him leaving and him moving out of the city, it's not like he was staying in New York. Um, it was, you know, like a big deal. And, of course, it's nerve-wracking, just like Nick said, you know, to have another character come on the show. And then you're like, okay, you know, like now we have a new character coming on and you want to make sure that you are as careful as possible Um uh you know, with the new coupling so that you don't mm-hmm. offend any of the Star and Cole fans. And I think that the writers have done a really beautiful job at um, at making a good, like, segue into the new couple. So it was a little nerve-wracking at first, but new beginnings are, are always fun, and it's been a great experience so far. And what I, I think, think is really awesome. I think the uh, fans will agree. Yeah. <laughs> what I think you. that you said, though, that I, I agree with you, Kristen, is that this wasn't something that was sudden. It wasn't as though one day you were in one relationship and the next and the other. The writers have done a really good job of a nice, slow, and sort of steady build to whatever's going to happen to give fans the time to sort of invest in you guys. Yeah, we were really, really lucky with how um, the writers wrote, you know, our characters and how the relationship between them, you know, comes to be. It hasn't just been okay, now that Cole's in jail, time for us to party. You know, it's not, it hasn't been that way at all. They've really stuck to the fact that, you know, Star has a daughter, um, which is another huge factor that makes it ten times more difficult um, to move on to a new relationship for Star. And, um, and yeah, but, like, it's still, it's still kept James and Star, like, they're still their own sort of entity. They're, they have their own relationship. They're different than Star and Cole in a, in a certain way. They have, um, they're, they're working on a really great friendship that they already have. So I think Star and Cole, they had this love at first sight type of deal. And uh-huh. James and Star have, you know, had this like amazing bond of a friendship to start off with and they can grow on top of that. So, um, it's, it's been great to see, you know, two different relationships and how they, they're working out. Well put, Kristen, well put. Oh, now, Nick, <laughs> now, Nick, this is what happens. I, I, I lull everyone into a false sense of security with these great and warm questions, and then I hit them with something like this. 
I'm not trying to give away any surprises, and but I do have to ask some of the hard-hitting questions here. If Star and James aren't going to be getting together, why are the two of you hosting a video blog, which is very funny, by the way, over on ABC.com? Ah. If, our, if our characters aren't getting together? Yeah, why would you, uh, you know, just thinking together if you... All right, uh, I'm all right Nick, putting... I'll take over that question. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, go for it. <laughs> you know, well, Nick and I are very close friends in real life, and we go and see a lot of movies. And um, so me and Brittany do as well, um, Brittany Underwood, who plays Langston on the show. Mm-hmm. And me and Brittany actually started... Um, posting YouTube videos of us doing movie reviews to different movies. And, oh, nice. um, and the fans just loved it. And they really fell in love with the whole, um, you know, just like casual talk back, you know, saying, oh, we saw this movie. It was really fun. And they really enjoyed that. And since we have a lot of James and Star fans out there, it just seems like, you know, they like our pairing on screen. So mm-hmm. we're just as goofy and funny in real life, maybe <laughs> a little more. <laughs> um, so we figured, why not, you know, get us together and just be our everyday selves and have a little chat with the fans. Well, plus, it's a really good way to disguise um, how Kristen and I loathe each other. <laughs> and um, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. Of course. <laughs> now, I understand the blog doesn't have a name yet, but Nurston and Rebalderson, Nick, really? <laughs> really, Nick? Hey, hey. They, they, they combined Star and James together. I had to come up with something funny. Oh my God, <laughs> Well, you know, it was to get the ball rolling, you know, give people right. some ideas, a, place, a, a starting off point, if you will. Nick, I don't think we ever talked about this. I was cracking up the other day. David Gregory texted me, and he goes, your show should be called Nick Knacks, spelled like oh. K-N, and then like Nick Knacks, like both spelled with a K-N, and I was cracking up. I'm like, David, I can't believe you like watched them, and you're giving, <laughs> you're giving us your ball. input. He, t- he texts me that, too. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, it's hilarious. Nick, that, that's actually kind of cute. Still, we're still working on it. There's going to be we're a poll for everyone to vote on, and yeah. Yeah, yeah I have to admit, uh, Nick, I, I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I couldn't come up with anything either. The only thing I came up with was uh, James Star, and that sounds like a navigation system for like a, an SUV or something. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. That's funny. I know it's it's not easy, right? No, it's kind of not. So hopefully this interview will also inspire some folks to head over to abc.com and they can submit their ideas there and we'll give them a link to the video blog directly. But there's something else that fans should check out while they're on the internet. It was earlier this week One Life to Live released an album of love songs called The Sound of a Kiss. And Kristen, of course, you have a song on the album. I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit about Hard to Give? Now, Kristen, before you answer, remember that singing curl we talked about. <laughs> oh, gosh. Whenever I sing around the studio, Nick goes, Kristen, who sang that song? And then I'll say who sang it. He goes, keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. He catches me every time. I'm the most gullible person ever. I'm like, oh, this person sang it. No, it's, it's, that's funny. Anyway, um, I sang a song called Hard to Give that was written by Rice Sinclair, and she is the same girl, uh, singer-songwriter, who wrote um, I'm the One from the Star-Crossed Lovers musical. Okay. So I was so excited to hear, you know, what song she wrote, and um, Hard to Give is just a really beautiful, sad love song. Um, and I felt really lucky to be able to sing it. Well, you know what? We actually have a little piece of that song now that we're going to play for everybody. So take a listen to Hard to Give by Kristen Alderson from The Sound of a Kiss.
I wish we had an applause button, but uh, isn't that beautiful, <laughs> Kristen? Thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you for sticking around and for coming by. Before we go, though, because I can't believe we're almost out of time, since this is Valentine's Day, Kristen, if Star had to make one of those little funny uh, candy hearts with the messages on them to give to James, what do you think it would say on that little heart? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a good answer. <laughs> it would say. It would say, pick me instead. <laughs> All right. And Nick? Wow. I think James would say, well, because, you know, Star thinks that you slept with Michelle. Yeah, I know. Big, you know? I mean, that's yeah. a lot of words, though. That's a lot of words to fit on one of those little hearts. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> It'll go over to the back. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Nick, Nick, what would you say? What would you say? Yeah, Nick. What would I say if I were Star? Or what would I say if I were James? <laughs> if you were James, oh, what would you well, say? Well, you probably know what you would say if you were Star, but what would James say? Well, James would say, um, uh. It wasn't me? Uh, it would say bullet, and then it would say the number four, and then the letter U. Bullet Wait, for you. What is it? Bullet, like a <laughs> out of a gun, like the oh. one you shot me with. Yeah, wow. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh um, wait, shouldn't it oh, be you got it. Go ahead. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I want to thank both twinkle. of you. Okay, that's what I yeah, how about this? Say. How about this? Okay. The word twinkle, the twinkle. letter in, and then um. Oh, I lost it. Oh, I don't know. Twinkle and me. Yeah, there you go. There we go. I think we should work Twinkle into the video blog. But Kristen and Nick, I want to thank both of you for taking some time out of your weekend to drop by here and talk Valentine's Day with us. Of course. Thank Thank you you so much for having us. It was super fun. Absolutely. And of course, I know that uh, you guys will maybe consider coming back in the future when things are a little less uncertain. And we'll talk more about what's going on then. We would love to. It's always a pleasure. Perfect. Coming up in the next segment, Joseph Mascolo and Lauren Coslow from Days of Our Lives take a look at another type of love when Soap Central Live continues. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. 
Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Welcome back to Soap Central Live on our special Valentine's Day episode. In that last segment, we talked about young, new love, but now it's time to talk about love that's, well, a little more complex. I think it's the type of love that we're all a little more familiar with in our everyday lives, even if it's not quite as dramatic as my next two guests. Joseph Muscolo and Lauren Coslow play Days of Our Lives, Stefano and Kate, or Skate, as the fans have dubbed them. And like many soap couples, they didn't marry for love, but that doesn't mean that love didn't eventually find them. But Stefano and Kate are having some problems, so maybe today we can do a little couples therapy and help them work things out. Joe and Lauren, welcome to Soap Central Live. <laughs> Listen, it's a Thank pleasure you. to be here. <laughs> what a wonderful intro. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. And now, when you said it was from young love to us, but you know, I think... I, I think <laughs> I think that we're in a period of love that really makes it fascinating. Oh, my gosh. It, it definitely is. I think that sometimes the more complex the love, the more challenges there are, A, the more that you root for the people, and B, just the more fascinating it is to sit back and sort of watch everything unravel. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, you brought up an interesting point that uh, both uh, Lauren and I uh, were playing characters that, you'd say maybe are a little tough um, but um, and so everybody expected when the two of them got together that you know she'd probably spend the mornings trying to poison him and he would probably hit her in the head with a hammer and instead uh, these two people because their experiences in life and the depth in their hearts I think they are they uh, are falling in love with each other and I thought that was the best thing they ever did you know, I have to be honest with both of you up front. Well, why here. not? <laughs> I, you know, talking about Stefano DeMira on a Valentine's Day show, he's the last person I'd ever think to talk about on a show about love. Uh, he doesn't really give me the warm fuzzies. So is, yeah. it, is he just misunderstood? Am I missing something here? Well, I mean, look at, look at Lauren. <laughs> why, wouldn't, why wouldn't he sooner or later, with what she's presented, fall in love with her? I mean, this guy has had a lot of love affairs, I guess you could call them, and maybe not always love. You're right Perhaps about just that. affairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, we're both very experienced people in our lives. So when you bring these experiences together and it turns into something positive instead of negative, I think that's quite lovely. Well, I think it's kind of the beauty of it, and maybe what's significant on Valentine's Day, is that you never know where you're going to find love. I mean, you find it when it's most unexpected. You could almost call this an arranged marriage. It was definitely was a business <laughs> proposition <laughs> to a degree. And look what it evolved into. And I don't think either yeah. of them really expected that. And I think that's kind of a... A wonderful message on Valentine's Day that you can you find love at any at any point in your life and you you just never know. You have to right. be open to it. I think is you important have to be, too. 
Yeah. May, or maybe just not looking for it. Maybe not yeah. pursuing it and deciding what it will be because you never, you don't know where it's going to come from. You don't know. You know, I think so many times we have a, a preconception of what it needs to be and what that person needs to be. And the kind of the beauty of it and the miracle can be that a person you never expected to be the person turns out to be that one. Absolutely. I totally agree with her, too, because if you are open to it, and that's what happened with the two of them as of late, anyway, I think, is that they were open and suddenly they realized that they had feelings that they weren't uh, prepared to have. But they seem to be handling them okay. And it's wonderful for Valentine's Day. Aren't you convinced now? <laughs> I am, but there, there's still one thing that when I okay. think of, of both of them that comes into my mind. I uh -huh. know there are a lot of people who say, oh, I'm just happy by myself. I don't need anybody else in my life. And it's just really one big old lie. And sometimes I think of, of Stefano and Kate, and I think maybe that's how they felt, that they thought that they would be fine or that maybe love wasn't coming their way. And now they're sort of resigned to admit, okay, maybe I was wrong and, and maybe there is something more here. Well, I, I think part of what you're saying, they didn't, they didn't need anyone. They're at a point where they didn't need them, but they came to see that they wanted that. And when they end up getting back together again, that's really, I mean, what is sad? I mean, aren't, isn't our life better when we're together? I mean, they yeah. don't have to have each other, but they've decided they want to make room for that. From what you, excuse from what you were saying, that here were two individuals that didn't really need anyone because they were surrounded in their own lives with people that loved them and hated them, but nevertheless, they were surrounded all the time. They were never just alone. They're not needy. So, yeah, they, they weren't really needy, which I think makes it even better when the two of them finally, with all the power behind each one of them, is open to each other and then suddenly find something as lovely as this. I mean, it's a, it's a whole different thing. I mean, as you say, in the beginning, they didn't need anyone, but now suddenly they realize you know, maybe they need each other. Well, you know, it's kind of cool too. It's, it's just, I think that they've come to the point that, well, this feels good. It, I don't need him to have my back. I mean, Kate doesn't need Stefano to be there, but she likes him being there. It feels sure. good. And I think now he likes to hear, he likes to bounce ideas. Yeah. I mean, we can advise each other because they are both such independent, strong people. So they choose to be together and they choose to listen to each other. Um, and yeah, I mean, if the two of them are have been in a life where they literally could not wholeheartedly trust everybody around them, okay, and suddenly to find someone that maybe you feel you can trust, I mean, that is a big step for people with that kind of power. No, that's... We didn't lose you, did we? No, I was... I, I... <laughs> I'm thinking because, you know, again, going yeah. in at the surface, sometimes you think, oh, my, this, I, I don't really know. This is sort of a crazy coupling. But it does sort of make sense when you listen to the explanation of how they sort of found each other in this and why they sort of need each other. And, you know, soap opera couples seem to have so much more baggage, at least I'd hope, than people in the real world. I'm just curious. No kidding. <laughs> I, would... I don't know about that. <laughs> God forbid you. I don't know you. I don't know you want to put that on anyone else. No. I think. I mean, come on. Everyone has a lot of baggage. <laughs> Maybe not quite as soapy as the baggage. Not as soapy. That's true. Well, ours is yeah, rather dark. Well, you know something. <laughs> you know, you, you you guys are kidding a little bit about soapy. This is one of the things I personally have enjoyed with Lauren here, is that. Uh, I don't know if you've watched it. I don't even know where we are in the show, actually. But if you've seen some of the things that the two, the the type of scenes that they've been playing, to me, has been so much more adult-like than the ordinary kind of thing. Very much so. I think that that's I think that that's important because it is it is layered. It is, as you mentioned, used adult. It's something that. Maybe soaps haven't always shown in the past in terms yeah. of the way yeah. love should be. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of cool, too, because we've both been on the show for a while, and our characters have a shared uh, history that we really only heard about. Right. And so we really do have that, that past together. And I think it was kind of 
brilliant to to put them together in this way because now you know Joe and I both get to to feed on that really and so they, this relationship is deeper than we really all thought because we get to fall back on that and decide you know really what did go on back there that they they shared so much we didn't see it all so it wasn't suddenly the two characters put them together and let's see if something happens we really they really do have this past and I think the more the longer they're together, the more we're going to find out about really what did go on. See, the thing is, when you have people with the kind of power that they have, you have to see at least a moment of their vulnerability. It is the only thing that can make them human. Otherwise, you have the same boring thing over and over again that you see with a lot of characters on daytime. I mean, it's always the same. But here you've got two powerful people suddenly uh, willing to show their vulnerability, and I think that makes it quite human. And I think that's maybe what has been the draw for a lot of fans. Uh, Stefano mm-hmm. and Kate are so popular among the fans. Are either of you mm-hmm. surprised by the reaction? I love the name Fate. I think it's so cute. Fate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Kate and Stefano are Fate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. No, it's wonderful. I, I, uh, I just got a, a, a note the other day, and it said, don't you ever leave her? Oh. And I thought, oh, wow, that's that's wonderful because they really want it. It isn't it it it. it uh, and you know when they write to you and talk to you about these two characters, it's not quite the same as like, uh, you know, just people being cute and adorable, you know. But it's because of something else that's going on with them, and that I think takes us back to the adult uh, level of of this love affair, you know. I want to ask a couple of things that are not necessarily soap-related, because on the soaps, okay. so many of the marriages seem to be starting off as business relationships or blackmail. Uh, or, or impregnated. <laughs> they get every, you know, I, I, I yelled on the set the other day. I mean, these people do never not, they never know how to make love without impregnating each other. It's like uh, unbelievable in this day and age. <laughs> so half of the time they're getting married because someone's pregnant. They've been together for eight minutes and that's it. <laughs> well, they've got to keep the next generation of, of Damaris coming along. <laughs> well, I ask all of that to find out, do you believe that love at first sight really exists? Uh, I, th- I think I think one. I think lust at first sight definitely lust, exists, yes, and definitely. then and then maybe you have to rationalize oh, yeah. it, you know, say <laughs> like I'm really lusting. Well, this you must know. be love. Yeah. Love, though, is such a complicated thing, you know. I think it's that's why that's why I kind of like about this. I think it's the idea that you can grow to love someone, that you can learn about them and and fall in love with them. You know, because I mean, really, a de- uh, uh, I mean, when you, the word itself, love, I mean, you, at, at first sight, to me, seems almost unreal because you, you, superficial, you really. yes, because you're loving. I mean, I can see someone like Lauren, and she's a beautiful woman, and you know, you love that beauty, but. Who knows what's behind that? Unless you get good point. <laughs> uh oh. Wow. You know, unless, Ouch. unless no. uh, I mean, unless you really a good point. spend a little time with that, and right. then you realize, like, you love Mozart, and she likes uh, 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 David uh, Bowie. David Come Bowie. On. You know what I mean? You get in trouble then. Oh, that sounds like a really good combination, though. <laughs> Maybe we'll explore that on a, on a future show. Another show. But look how many people you would miss, too, because if it is very superficial like that, I mean, someone who you might just walk by might be a terrific person, might be yeah. the person for you, but you never gave them a chance because you didn't have that spark, that immediate yeah. spark. Chemistry, though, is a different thing. Sure. I don't know if it's love. We didn't lose you, did we? No. <laughs> no. You, I mean, are you, are, are, you, are, are you getting a little of this love fall, you know, around you, a little mist-like? I'm just, I'm <laughs> loving the discussion because it, it's it's so exhilarating to get into a discussion where there, it's meaningful. Sometimes, you know, when we get lost in the in the discussion of the soapiness and, you know, why this person is blackmailing each other and why this person yeah. came oh, back from boy. the dead. Yeah, it's, exactly. Exactly, right. It's yeah. Valentine's Day. It's nice to have a, a great discussion. And since this is still also about love, before we let you go, and I don't know if either of you are aware of this, but I do think it's a tribute to the affection that fans have for both of you. You've both been nominated in SoapCentral.com's 
Yankees Awards. Joe, you've been nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actor. And Lauren, you are been uh, have been nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actress. These are awards that are chosen all by the SOAP fans. So congratulations to you on your nominations. That is so cool. Well, yes, I'm wow. flattered. I'm very flattered. Yes, indeed. Yes. You know, I, <laughs> Thank the, you. what makes it lovely is when it comes uh, honestly out of someplace. It's not a set-up thing or anything. And that, Coming that's from the, the audience is huge. I, yeah, I respect that. Yeah, the fans uh, are something else, and I think that sometimes yeah. the fans yeah. forget that, you know, it really is for the fans. If the fans weren't there, there'd be no reason to to do any of this, to do the radio oh, show. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely true, and yeah. their support has meant so much to both Joe and I. Yeah, you know, I mean, when it comes to the audience, I, uh, even when I first started this kind of thing, I... Uh, you know, people talked about the audience, and then I went out among them many, many times. And, you know, there are a lot of folks out there that are really quite intelligent. They may not go to work every day. I mean, there was a whole thing about housewives who had enough to do at home. But, you know, that does not mean they did, don't have uh, insights into things, and they're not intelligent. And, and when something like what you're saying happens, I certainly respect that. Well, I want to thank you both for taking time out of your day to stop by here and chat about Valentine's Day and love and all that wonderful good stuff with us. So hopefully we can have you back again in the future, maybe when we're celebrating a wedding anniversary or something, <laughs> or something else that's, that's happy and fun. Uh, Fourth, the, the, that would be the, wonderful. The Fourth of July is always fun. <laughs> Fireworks. <laughs> You're right. Mm, that's an imagery. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Good bye-bye. luck. Bye bye. We have to take a quick break, but on the other side of this commercial, I know that since it's Valentine's Day, a lot of you are headed out for some romantic evenings. So why not get some tips on what colors will make you look your best? Emmy-winning costume designer David Zyla is here to help color your style when Soap Central Live continues. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. You know, it takes a lot of people to keep your favorite soap stars looking the best they can on screen, from the lighting techs to the hairstylists to the makeup artists to the costume designers. And, you know, it's probably become especially challenging now that soap budgets are being trimmed and costume designers are asked to stretch each dollar just a little bit further. But as my next guest will tell you, you don't have to have a million-dollar paycheck to look like a million bucks. David Zyla is the Emmy Award-winning costume designer for All My Children, and his new book, 
Collier Style is designed to help you save time and money by learning which colors look best on you. So, David, welcome to Soap Central Live. Uh, hello. I'm glad to be here. We are talking, of course, about Valentine's today. So in a little bit, I thought maybe it'd be a great idea to have you give some tips to everybody who's nervous about their Valentine's Day dates and how they can look the best. But let's get a little background information on you. I'm curious, when did you first develop an interest in clothing and costume designing, and when did you realize that this was something that you could turn into a career? <laughs> you know what? I, it was at a very young age. Um, as, as I write in my book, um, Color Your Style, um, when I was five years old, I remember helping my parents get ready for a dinner party and saying, you know, Mom, this necklace is great with what you're wearing and telling my dad what tie to wear. And they believed me and encouraged me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> Well, now here in 2011, do you have a personal favorite designer? You know what? I, I There are many designers that I really like. Um, you know, it's hard um, to single just one out. Um, you know, I, I think what Tracy Reese does is quite wonderful. Um, there's also a British designer named uh, Catherine Dean. I think DKNY is, is fantastic. Um, you know, these are some of the lines we also use on the cast of All My Children. Um, so I, I see almost everything in the marketplace. And, uh, you know, I'd say those are probably my top picks. Well, I think when you're talking about fashion designers, you're talking about DKNY or Dolce & Gabbana or what have you, I think soap fans automatically assume when they see Erica Kane that she's got to be wearing something top of the line. But that's not always the case. There are some... Uh, some designs that are made in-house, there are others that are maybe found in, in maybe vintage stores or something like that, and everything is from Neiman Marcus, is it? Um, you know what? No, and I think part of um, you know why we get such a, a strong reaction to the fashions on our show in particular um, is that we really do a great mix. You know, even if you were to walk into Banana Republic, you know, and see an outfit on the form and say, oh, that's really pretty, that would look pretty on, you know, Kendall, for instance, um, we would never choose an outfit verbatim like that. You know, we might take the sweater from there and put it over a blouse from H&M even, you know, and it's really mm -hmm. about the mix. And we, we do mix the high and the low, um, uh, I think in an effective way, <laughs> because people seem to, you know, really respond to what we're doing here. No, I think they really do. It's it's probably a lot of pressure too. Uh, All my children's now in high definition, so everything shows. And uh, has that made it harder to to make your decisions, knowing that everything shows in HD? You know what? There was a slight adjustment. Um, I, I noticed some things, um, some details show more. Some show. Um, differently, um, and so yeah, there I, there was a slight, um, uh, just a slight tweaking, I would say there. Well, that's good to know because I think outside of high definition, everyone listening to the show and everyone not listening has experienced going into a store, seeing something that looked great on the rack, and then bringing it home, trying it on, and realizing they think it makes them look too fat or they look like a Martian because of the color. <laughs> Right. So how do you get around that? What are What is key to finding something on the rack and knowing that it's going to be right for you? Well, you know, first of all, I, I mean, as I write in my book, um, you know, if you're, we if you're wearing um, your true, what I call your true colors, the colors that, you know, are uniquely you, that's a first step, you know, that if the color is right, um, you know, when it comes to cuts, you know, some people know that they're better in, you know, a little bit more tailoring and some are better in something that's flowier and so on. And I would say if you have a set of rules that, um, you know, have always, you know, worked well for you, you know, I wouldn't, I would experiment a little bit, you know, but I wouldn't go full, you know, full circle to, to some other area. Like if you're someone who's always great in more structured clothing, Mm -hmm. And a crisper silhouette, I wouldn't, you know, buy a chiffon dress and think it's going to do the same thing. Do you find that a lot of people in doing that also tend to go after the color of the season, whether or not it's misguided for them or not? They may hear hot pink is the in color, but that doesn't mean everybody should be wearing hot pink. Yeah, you know, some people do. And what I often say to women is that if you are vastly changing your makeup to go with that new blouse, that bl that color is not right for you. You're going to you're, if you're putting you know layers of makeup on to you know quote unquote make you 
blend with the blouse more or, you know, coordinate with the blouse more, it's not the right blouse for you. In addition to getting all of this advice in Color Your Style, your book, you're also going to be doing an appearance, I think, on the TD Guide Network. I am. Actually, it's, uh, it's this evening, um, okay. and it is uh, 7.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm actually doing a segment on finding your red uh, just in time for Valentine's Day. Well, that means that after the show is over, folks have a half an hour to go and get a drink and a beverage and, and, and a snack and food or whatever, and then go and check out the, the TV Guide Network. So let's talk a little bit about finding your red. That is, from your book, that is what you call romantic, is your shade of red that would look best on you. But how do you know what shade of red? There are so many colors that be, could be considered red. Well, Dan, the the trick of it is literally in the palm of your hand. <laughs> if right. you look in, if you open up your hand and look okay. at the color of your flushed skin, and it's probably easiest if you pinch a fingertip. That is your version Ow. of red. It could be maroon. It could be pink. Uh, it could be melon. It could be rust. Um, sometimes it helps too to. Um, hold that up, you know, go to a lipstick counter and hold that up to different colors or go to the paint store because it would make it, you know, a little bit easier to see. But that's, that's how you find your version of red. It's pretty simple. Sorry, I was actually looking at my hand trying to figure out <laughs> what my color is. You know, everyone is just... thinks, oh, you know, red is, you know, a, a, you know, red is red or, you know, blue is blue and that we don't often differentiate. But in my book, I teach people how to have more of a color vocabulary and say, you know, my version of red is cranberry or my version is, you know, a tangerine. Okay. And I'm still looking. My Have version is... out yet? Well, if only my I version, were in the studio with you, I would. <laughs> <laughs> my version is actually potato chips because I was eating potato chips before your it segment. Does, it does help if you have a clean hand. I should have said that. <laughs> I'll work on that later. But now you're mentioning these different colors and maroons and cranberries, and I'm actually wondering where did you get your knowledge about all of these different colors, and how did you figure out how to put them together and tell people what colors they look best in? You know, when I was, as I said, I at five years old, I, I had an aptitude, I would say, for what things looked right on different people. And I've always approached um, fashion without judgment of, you know, I don't believe there are any quote-unquote ugly colors. Um, I just think it's about putting them all in context. Um, I actually studied costume design at NYU and have took uh, many, many uh, color classes and art history classes and so on. And I remember being in college and I was designing a play and one of my teachers complimented me on it and said, why did you choose the colors that you did? And I said, I don't know, they were just right. And I never had a vocabulary for what I was doing. And I literally developed it over the last 20 years. Um, and I think working in daytime television, um, you know, for eight of those years where you're dressing, you know, 25 people on a regular basis, Right. Um, and you want to differentiate each of them and give them their own, you know, quote unquote, look and style um, really helped me develop those skills. Um, and, you know, a year ago, I was able to um, boil it all down and put it into this book and, you know, really develop my theory. Well, I was looking over the the different, I'm going to call them the types of moments that you're going for in terms of finding colors that are looking right for you. Do you think that most people already know what colors they look best in, or do you think they I, have to figure it out? You know what, I, when I work with um, personal clients or if I work with actors, I find that a lot of the colors on the palette are things they've experienced before. They may not be in their wardrobe at present, but, you know, I, I just had an actress not long ago say, um, oh, that green is so beautiful. I, you haven't put me in that green before. And, and I said, well, you know, how do you feel in it? And she said, I feel fantastic. And, you know, and it seemed like a new thing to her. And the next day she came in and she said, you're not going to believe this. I just remembered, you know, I wore that exact color to my prom and, um, and loved it and, you know, just hadn't, you know, found that color prior. I'm sorry, since then. And, um, you know, and, and she kind of rediscovered it. So it was something she was always attracted to. But, you know, maybe fell out of her consciousness a little bit. Um, I think if we're really being true to ourselves, we are wearing the colors that flatter us the most. Um, and I think if we're being open-minded, I think the minute 
someone says, oh, I should be more like so-and-so or I should be more blank, um, they're not really being true to themselves um, in developing their own look and sticking to their own look. It means that they feel somehow that they should, you know, put a costume on of someone else. In thinking about the the prom reference, I've actually have been called oh god I can't believe I'm saying this little boy blue because apparently all I wear is blue. Uh, maybe I will try to expand outside of blue. I'm going to look over your list and see what else we can find here. Well, after but, you wash your hands, you'll know your version of red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that as soon as we get off the air here. But David, I want to thank you for dropping by and helping us talk about color and getting everybody ready for Valentine's Day. I can't believe that we're out of time in this segment, but. Maybe we can have you back again for, like, the best dressed at the Emmys later this year. Oh, fantastic. What a great idea. And for those of you out there, David's book, Color Your Style, is available now from your favorite bookseller. And for more information and a link to buy your own copy, head on over to SoapCentral.com slash radio. I'd also like to thank my other guests this week, One Life to Live's Kristen Alderson and Nick Roebuck. To learn more about their video blog or to find out how to get a copy of the Sound of a Kiss album. You can also head over to SoapCentral.com slash radio. And a thank you to Joe Mascolo and Lauren Coslow from NBC's Days of Our Lives. If you've missed any part of today's episode or you just want to hear it again, head on over to SoapCentral.com. There'll be all sorts of listening options for this and every other edition of Soap Central Live. Here's wishing everybody a happy and love-filled Valentine's Day. And of course, I love all of you out there for your continued support. So I hope that you'll join me again next week on another edition of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.